Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, the podcast where one of us has heard an album definitely before the show, the other has listened to it for this show, and we are reconvening here to talk about it for said show. There's definitely a cleaner way to say that. I didn't find it this time. <laughs> Maybe next time. I'm Brand, and I'm here with my friend Scott. Scott, what is up? What's going on, my friend? How are you today? I'm good, and it sounds like we may be over some audio issues we were having, which yeah. I'm very thankful for. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> I, sure. <laughs> not only did it sound stilted and weird, but there's also way more editing if yeah. we are like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So kind of from a selfish standpoint, I wanted this to be a better recording, and I'm glad we got there. At For least sure. as of now. I don't as of right now, we're good. Today we're here to talk about the Ice Nine Kills album, Last Chance to Make Amends. Yeah. And you had zero knowledge or at least never listened to Ice Nine Kills before this. No, I never listened to them. The only knowledge I had of them was when I look up what records are coming out in the future, I saw them come out with something like last year, or the year before, and mm -hmm. saw that it had a horror theme and then didn't know anything about them. When looking at the name of the band, I took them as probably something I wouldn't be too interested in. And so I passed up on anything that they've ever put up. Yeah, they're quote-unquote genre because you know how much fun it is to talk about genre yeah their, their genre isn't even in my head close to what this album is but we'll get there a little bit later so i'll just gonna knock out some of the basic stuff as always jump in whenever you feel necessary sweet ice nine kills is an american heavy metal band from boston massachusetts nope no they're not yeah, based not, off this not, album, not, not on this act, not on this record. If, if this album is the only thing you have to reference, they absolutely are not, and I, no. I agree with that. <laughs> they are the children of Blink One Eighty Two. Blink One Eighty Two might not pop up, but so, I think some of their closer contemporaries will pop up that you will be familiar with. Uh, yeah, I have a few. I have a few notes about some of the songs, basing them off of other bands, possibly. Ice Nine Kills formed in two thousand. Turn of the Millennium. 
by high school friends Spencer Charnas and Jeremy Schwartz under the name Ice Nine. They then recruited drummer Grant Newstead in 2003, and they swapped out then-bassist Patrick Morse for, and I'm sorry ahead of time, Hobie Boschenstein. Hobie Boschenstein. Yeah, I'm hoping that's his name, and I just didn't, (laughs) like, my handwriting isn't making it look like that. (laughs) Gotcha. Because Hobie's an interesting first name, not a bad one. No, that's, uh, it's unique. Speaking of unique first names, my mother recently told me what she wanted to name me, but people talked her out of it. Are you ready for this? (laughs) Yes, I need to hear this. Brick. Brick. Brick is a fucking badass name. (laughs) I think. Could you imagine if I was Brick White? I think I think we need to start calling you Brick. I I think I need I need to change my name legally to Brick. I don't see the problem with that. But back to the album at hand. Um, Brick talking here. (laughs) Go on, Brick. The band changed their name to Ice Nine Kills just before releasing their debut album, Last Chance to Make Amends. I couldn't find a reason why. It didn't say maybe to be edgier. I'm not quite sure. That's interesting. The album was self-released and, quote, employed a sound that is a mixture of alt-rock, pop-punk, and ska, end quote. No. I didn't hear ska anywhere. There's not a lick of ska in this record at all. Only reason I wrote that down is because I saw ska and I said, what? No. Yeah, yeah you you no. put a dumbfounded look on my face when you said that. Probably the same look I had when I read it. Stupid. They then later shifted to a post-hardcore and metalcore sound years later. Okay. They put an EP out after this that I still dug. And hmm. then they put an, an album out after this that I could tell. I don't know if I could tell exactly where they were going, but to me, it wasn't what I wanted from them personally. Like, not that it was bad, but I went to them for a specific reason and it wasn't what they were giving me on their next album. OK, so they got a little little harder, but more radio friendly ish. I think they might have just gotten harder. And oh, like, because okay. based off this first album. Not hard, like nothing really other than I mean, we'll we'll get to it. There is the the clean and and unclean vocals together, which was awesome to me at the time. But other than that, I mean, not a whole of a lot of that going on, though. No, only a few moments. Yeah, they're diamonds in the rough on this. It was enough for me if we're being real. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now, here is where we talk about something different, but very, very much the reason I ever even knew of these guys. Okay. I discovered these guys on a website called Pure Volume. Were you familiar with a website called Pure Volume? Yeah, I think so. Not like I it's. One of those things that I had probably completely forgotten about until you just mentioned it. And then it like sparked something in my head. Purevolume.com was like a Bandcamp like site that okay. was founded in, in 03. So that would have been four years before Bandcamp was founded. Mm. And they they would just have like independent artists put up MP3s like they had band pages. You would go and listen to their music on there. You could buy their merch and stuff through there. Sure. The fun story about this album is obviously I was in high school and listening to things on pure volume. And I listened to this in it had to be a study hall of some sort because I never had Spanish class and it was a Spanish teacher and somehow some fast talking and some jiving and some <laughs> got got her to agree to buy it for me like through a money order what the record 
Yeah, the CD. The CD wow. at the time. You got the teacher to buy you a CD. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I believe Stick was involved too. I, I did some things in high school that affected my memory. So it's not always <laughs> the, the the clearest. Right. But got her to agree to buy it. It was like, come with stickers. I was so stoked, especially because this wasn't exactly what I was listening to at the time. This is kind of, this was kind of a very much a different vibe than what I was listening to a lot. I was heavily into Cannibal Corpse and heavily yeah. into really, really heavy music. Right. And I think because I felt like I, f- I found these guys myself, that mm-hmm. it was like, oh, no, I can listen to these guys. While everybody else is out there listening to, and these bands will come up later, like your brand news and your Taking Back Sundays and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Th- those bands are coming up later yeah. on in this episode for sure. I felt like this was like my end to that, I guess. Like, I felt okay. like I didn't want to feel like I was following, even though I wanted to listen to that stuff. But, you know, sure, at that age, sure. it was like, I can't fucking do that. Yeah, right. Now, the thing about getting her to agree to buying it, she said she did over and over again. Mm. It never came. Oh. So. I don't know if she paid it and it got ripped off or never ordered it and lied she, to me, but she I never ordered like, it, but she wasn't like that person. Like, I know that sounds weird, but she was, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. But the fact that I talked her into it to begin with, was a wild move. Right. So whatever. But yeah, I still have never gotten that CD. I still oh, have man. never owned this CD or gotten those six stickers. You need but to write the you need to write the band. The the problem with that is the only remaining member is Spencer Charnas, the lead singer. <laughs> he's, the, he's the only one left. Is he really? He's the last yeah. the last remaining original member? Yes. Now the first artists linked to a record deal directly through Pure Volume were actually Gym Class Heroes. Oh, okay. I remember those guys. So, they put up some stuff. That's Travi McCoy, right? Like yeah. That's Travi mm-hmm. McCoy. Yeah. They put up some stuff on there. They gained a following and they signed. I It might have been Fueled by Ramen. I feel that's like it I, might have been Fueled so. by Ramen. I think it is. They were the first like notable band to get a record deal out of it. But I believe it was successful. And they still had their music like servers and stuff up until June 30th, 2018. Oh, wow. Really? From... 2003 to 2018, they were still warehousing all of this music. I mean, I'm sure bands probably came and went, but oh, probably. But that's still pretty. I mean, especially coming into 2018, like that's pretty crazy. I didn't realize they were on there that long. I checked the website before, like while doing research for this, and it's kind of just like a music news site now. Okay, like, I, I think they were, they were bought by like some media conglomerate. I don't know. Sure. Fame of such groups as here we go. Here's a list. There we go. Paramore, Boys Like yeah. Girls, Fall Out Boy, All Time Low, Taken Back Sunday, My Chemical Romance, Forever the Sickest Kids, Panic of the Disco, Brand New, and 21 Pilots have all been credited to exposure on pure volume. Oh, okay. I know a lot of those bands. As do I, even if I didn't listen to all of them. 21 Pilots feels like it had to be a late one on there. Unless yeah, they were around I was just going to say that. Like the only thing I ever heard about 21 pilots was that stressed out. So was, is that what it was called? Stressed out. That was the earliest thing I heard from I think 21 we've pilots. talked about it before. I have zero knowledge of anything. Yeah. 21 pilots. But that was, that was a while ago and I don't, but not 2003, a while ago. 
Yeah, but also not like 2018 either. Like it had to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, there. but I think on the on the the later side of that, like maybe 2015, oh, yeah. 2016. Yeah. But pure volume was just a thing with like, I don't even know if it was just my friends, but like people, even in like a circle outside of my circle, like mm-hmm. still into music, the same kind of music, but we weren't really friends necessarily. But that's where I'm sure that's probably where brand new got a lot of its plays for a lot of them. All right. Yeah. Because I, I I very vividly remember brand new's page on there. And, and I mean, by the way, they were all like very basic gray or blue pages like there was it wasn't myspace you weren't making very a like, background you weren't say very myspace around. but was that live journal live journal oh boy up. you're going back my yearbook going way going back. back in my yearbook <laughs> <laughs> this album ice nine kills last chance to make amends was released april 20th 2006 2006 2000 this was released 2006 yes oh wow okay i would have swore it was like a couple years prior yeah <laughs> yeah i would have thought 2003 or 4 based on the sound of it and i think that might be related to the production and the yeah. self-release of it like they there wasn't as many people above it saying hey clean this up fix this sure. make this sound better i think yeah. that has a lot to do with it it probably does because there it it definitely gives me an early 2000s feel and don't get me wrong 2006 is still on the earlier end of 2000 but this gave me like like 2003 2004 feelings and i think it's gonna feel even more like that once we start talking about these other albums released in april 06 where you can oh, okay <laughs> kind of see it doesn't really fit in with these it's it's a it's definitely a different different experience sure April 3rd, I think we touched on these guys before. The Flaming Lips put out At War with the Mystics. I am very... I don't even know if I listened to a full Flaming Lips record before. I don't think I have, but I know for a fact that for some reason they've always just kind of existed. <laughs> like th- that band name has always just kind of been yeah. in the ether. For I kind of equate them to Violent Femmes and I don't know if that's accurate or not. I've only listened to one Violent Femmes record. So the first I, one? The, is that the one with Blister and the Sun on it? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one I've listened to. That one's a friggin' masterpiece. If you were judging first albums by bands, it's way up there. Yeah, I love it's it. It's way up there. Yeah. April 4th, Pink put out I'm Not Dead. Okay. Which I can only imagine on the cover was supposed to be a play on like Punk's Not Dead. Like pink. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. Like pink. I'm not dead. Which, I don't know that one off the top of my head. I don't think I do either. I kind of and I I like I need pink. to look that up. I do too. I there was a time where I owned like all of pink CDs. There was a time where I was anti pink, but I don't know that it was definitely after Moulin Rouge. Which, by the way, we could do a whole mini sewing on that fucking song because boy did that song do something to me as a boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> you mean the video did and the song. Yeah, I don't I don't know anything about it. So I'm Not Dead is the fourth album that Pink put out. I kind of know the cover. What's the hit? What's the single? You in Your yeah. Hand. Oh, I know that song. Yeah. yeah that song. Dear Mr. President was on there, too. There are seven singles off of this record. Stupid I Girls. Think Pink does that a lot. Ooh. Nobody knows. I think knows. a lot of Pink's yeah. records do that. Well, she's very radio friendly, even though... Yeah. Sometimes the subject matter and 
lyrics are not as every song is just a bop like everybody yeah, like, can like, dance along to it and it's very pop for finding that corner like pink yeah. found a niche and she cornered it like good for her man 100 percent. i think that's kind of where i fell off with pink i guess because i remember the one she came out with the record she came out with before that was try this which she did um, at least one song with Tim Armstrong. I remember that. Yeah, she's definitely bounced around genre-wise a lot, too. Although, yeah, still, like, remain true to herself, which is weird. I don't which know. Is, but that's, like, I, I feel like staying true to herself is, like, she's into every kind of music. She has very eclectic tastes, I feel like, especially coming from, like, that first record where she was a hip-hop R&B artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then went directly into, like, started getting more punk feeling, especially with the Tim Armstrong song. Mm -hmm. I think that it was just a song, but I think it was Trouble. Um, It sounded very rancid. But after that, I don't know that I listened to much Pink. She had that huge, like, second... I don't want to like put numbers on it, I guess, but the huge like renaissance when she was doing those performances by swinging from, like, the the fabric and shit. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that was two records after that. I think I think that was Funhouse where she started doing that. And then, yeah, she was showing up on all the award shows doing that yeah. that ribbon dancing up in the rafters or whatever, yeah. I think at that time, she was probably in, like, the top three pop stars at the time. Like, she was huge at oh, that yeah. time. All right, another album that came out on April 4th, Lacuna Coil's Karma Code. It was a big one for me. Okay, I've never listened to Lacuna Coil. And, and I think if I ever would bring you a lacuna coil record it might be this one i think Kamali's might be a better record okay but just because this is the one that i have an attachment to sure but i would have to re-listen to it mm. which i maybe should have done before this episode um <laughs> april 6th buck cherry put out no. the album 15 no buck cherry i listened to their first record i bought their first cd Listened to it and decided, I don't need to listen to these guys ever again, I don't think. I may have brought this up on here before. I may have mentioned it. But fun fact, mm-hmm. technically, technically. Buck is the first concert I ever went to. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Because because they opened for Kid Rock. Oh, man. So, like, technically, I saw oh. Buck Cherry first, first. But I was there for Kid Rock. That's a wild show. That is not a show I would be going to now. <laughs> oh, no. I would not be anywhere near that building now. No. But this is 03. This is a Devil Without a Cause. is yeah. huge. He played Ball it with the Bots all over the radios. Ball with the Bot may have played more into me liking heavy music than any other song in history, if I'm being honest. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a wild statement. I remember watching him perform it on the video on the MTV awards Mm -hmm. and banging my head so hard that my neck hurt the rest of the day. (laughs) Oh man. That was the the first time that's ever happened. It is like shiny tracksuit. Yeah. Like a shiny green and white. Like, yeah. 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 And then the the white hat. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was right after Josie died. So they did like a memorial to Josie. Yeah. Wild. Next album, April 10th, Rihanna came out with A Girl Like Me. I believe it's her second record. I'm pretty sure. I've never listened Um, to a full Rihanna record. I think maybe the hits that I happen to 
hear walking in the grocery store is all I've heard of Rihanna. Yeah, you've definitely heard SOS from this album. I guarantee it. And it had a remix of Ponder Replay on the as the final track, I believe. So okay. you've definitely heard both of those because that those Ponder Replay was her giant first single, I believe. All right. I, I trust you. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> April 10th, again, April 10th, we have live with songs from Black Mountain. I don't know that record. I just feel like live is definitely a you band. Oh, yeah. No, at, least, I was, at least in my head. I was pretty big into them with their first record. Is that the one with Thunder Crashes or whatever? Lightning Crashes, yeah. Oh, yeah, Thunder Rolls. That's Garth Brooks. That's Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> big into that song, too, though. But uh, <laughs> I'm good with weather phenomena songs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lightning Crashes was a big one on that record. I'm trying to remember the name of the record. I can't remember it. Lightning Crashes as your placenta falls to the ground. That is a lyric. Yeah, that was something. But that was back in the day when I didn't know what a placenta was. <laughs> On the radio, that was played. It sure was. Heavily. It's a wild, it's a wild thing, man. It's yeah. a wild thing. Also, April 10th, saves the day with Sound the Alarm. This must be past my saves the day knowledge. April 11th, the Eagles of Death Metal put out Death by Sexy. I never got into them at all. Here's the thing. Their name pissed me off when I was younger because I wanted them to be death metal. But they weren't death metal. Aren't they, they just like rock metal. and roll? They're Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like a maybe even like southern tinged rock. I say just generic rock music, right? But it was I don't know if it was the last album or two albums ago, but Kesha had like three songs that featured the Eagles of death metal on it. Really? And they were pretty fucking good. <laughs> I listened to one of the Eagles of Death Metal records, but I don't know which one it was. And I didn't hate it, but mm. it also, again, it's not death metal. Because I think Eagles of Death Metal would be an amazing name for a death metal band. Yeah, if it was actually death metal. But Here's one that I'm pretty sure you, you would have listened to. April 18th, 2006, NoFX put out Wolves and Wolves Clothing. Yeah, not not one of my favorites of theirs, but I definitely listened to it. Yeah, same. I probably listened to it like twice, and I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go listen to another one." I'm, I'm all yeah. right. I'm all yeah. right with this one. I No Effects is definitely one of those bands that if I'm in a No Effects mood, I'm most likely not going to anything new. Yeah, just go tos. You have go tos. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening to Pump Up the Valium or So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes or The War on Errorism. I love The War on Errorism. It's so good. That record's so good. It might be my favorite NoFX record, if I'm being honest. I liked um, Coaster also. Uh, Or Frisbee, if you bought the vinyl. Or Frisbee, yes, if you bought the vinyl, which is fucking genius. Another album on April 18th. I don't think we've talked about these guys before, and I'm not sure if you're even familiar or if you've listened, but Sick of It All? Death to Tyrants? I know a little bit of Sick of It All. Nothing 2000s, though, I don't think. Yeah, I went through a period where I was illegally downloading entire discographies <laughs> and I downloaded Sick of It All's discography and it's it's still on my iPod, but I don't know if I could tell you any of the albums I listened to, what are the songs I listened to. I've definitely listened, but I don't know if it was one of those things I don't know if I really cared. <laughs> which yeah, I can't, I can't pick out a record of theirs that I listened to heavily, but I know there was a time that I was listening to them, but... When I was in that mood, I was listening more to H2O than I was sick of it all. Or I was listening to to Madball. Yeah, it was more either Madball or H2O for me at that time. 
yeah, sick of it all kind of just feels like a middle ground that I didn't need. Like it wasn't, it wasn't punk and it wasn't hardcore. Yeah. They're not light enough to be pop punk. They're not heavy enough to be super hardcore, but they were still good. I need to, yeah, I, I feel the need to go back and re-listen to some sick of it all stuff. Yeah. I might really like it now. I might really like that middle ground. Uh, Next up, April 24th, we had Gnarls Barkley with Saint Elsewhere. I think I listened to that. If you didn't listen to the album, you've definitely listened to the single because it was giant. It was the one with crazy on it. Yeah, I think that might have been when I was downloading things (laughs) because I don't I don't recall buying the CD, but I remember listening to that whole album. And now these last two. Both on April 25th. I'm sure you probably listened to both these, at, at least one of them, though. Uh, we have Taken Back Sunday with Louder Now and yep. Goo Goo Dolls with Let Love In. Let Love In was kind of my... I was on the way outs with Goo Goo Dolls. They had gotten way soft uh, with their previous two records. See, you say that to me, and I don't know the Goo Goo Dolls of anything but soft. Yeah, no, so... Goo Goo Dolls pre A Boy Named Goo, which was where their big hit start, like name was the name of their song that got them radio play. Okay. So that was where they broke onto the scene and then started their whole, I don't want to say alternative rock, but like their adult contemporary rock kind of run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but previous to that, they had like three records before that were very punk feeling. Honestly, that sounds wilder to me than anything you've ever said to me on this. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so crazy to me. It's kind of true, though. It was definitely more punk than what they ended up being. It was more fast paced and the bassist uh, did more vocals uh, in those previous records than uh, Johnny Resnick. See, all I picture is there was that one video for it was probably Iris, I guess, when he had the like the 2000s Bon Jovi haircut. And he was up in the tower looking through the telescopes and stuff. All I remember is the hair. Yeah, all I remember <laughs> is the, the bad Bon Jovi haircut. That's all I remember. Yeah. And then the Taking Back Sunday record louder now. Louder Now was where I fell off because it just did not sound like they got rid of their their harsh vocalist guitarist. He left the band and they picked up somebody else. And then the vocals weren't doing quite as much like back and forth as they used to on their previous two records. And I just like I was like, oh, they're just like any other band now. So basically, in 06, you are almost at a full disconnect with. It feels like it now that now that you're going now that you're giving me these records that were popular at the time or being released at the time. I'm trying to think of what I actually was on. Well, let's see if you were listening to any of the Billboard stuff at the time. Speaking of popular. okay, we have the Billboard Hot 100 week of April 22nd, 2006. Number five, Be Without You, Mary J. Blige. Nope. Number four, You're Beautiful by James Blunt. I remember the song and I remember making fun of it heavily. Okay. You're beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. If that's the one it is, I definitely know that song. 100%. Yeah. yeah. His voice got on my fucking nerves. Number three, <laughs> What You Know by T.I. Uh, that might have been. I was, I was uh, to that. going into my hip hop phase, I guess. Next up, we have at number two, Temperature by Sean Paul. Sean DePaul. No. 
Nope, I was not there. I did not like Sean Paul at all. I'm going to be honest. I hated Sean Paul. Yeah. And but now whenever I think of these songs, Temperature, he had another huge hit. They are so ingrained in my head because they were everywhere that yeah. I think I really like them. Oh, I think no. I really <laughs> like them. I'm not going to listen to a Sean Paul record. I don't think I can do that. Right. But holy hell. I mean, just in my head, the whole, I don't know one lyric to it, but it's in my head. I can't pick it. Like, I, I don't know that song in particular. Bumper exposed and gal, you got your chest out. Okay. What? There's, there's a song by i don't know who i don't remember who it was but it was a it was it was called bumper and it's about a a a a rear end and apparently that is a vernacular that they Ah, used gotcha and it's when i see you uh, when i see you baby let me break that bumper and it is an amazing track But yeah, um, I might have to listen to Temperature with these lyrics because they seem wild. That album that that's off of came out in 05. And this is four months into 06 and it's still number two. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. On the Hot 100. That's wild. And then number one on the Billboard Hot 100. And I couldn't have told you who sung this song for $1 billion. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you the song title and see if you could pull out the, the, the artist here. Sure. Bad day. Bad day. So you had a bad day. Oh, you know the song. Is that what it is? Yeah. So you had a bad day. Gavin DeGraw? <laughs> no. Damn. Daniel Powter. Oh, no. Nope. Yeah. I have no idea wow. who that is. Is that that song? I believe it is. Apparently, he's the one-hit wonder artist of the decade, according to Billboard. <laughs> <laughs> And then if you said you were in your hip-hop phase, maybe you got down with these two songs that are in the top 10 that I wrote okay. down. At number seven, we have Lean With It, Rock With It by Dem Franchise Boys. I know the song. I love that song. I love that song a lot. Although maybe not as much as I love this song. At number nine, which the fact that this made it even onto the charts, let alone top 10, means that I was doing something right listening to this. <laughs> Miss New Booty by Bubba oh, Sparks. Bubba Sparks, yeah. Hey, you, Miss Miss New Booty, Booty? get it together and bring it back to me. (laughs) Yeah. How fucking good is that song? I remember that song. And then we move on to the Billboard 200, see what albums were selling uh, April 22nd, 2006. At number five, The Greatest Hits Volume 2, colon, Reflected by Tim McGraw. Okay. So Tim McGraw got a Greatest Hits. That's where we're at in people buying albums at this time. He's probably had a couple of greatest hits records, I imagine. Yeah, this is already volume two. <laughs> yeah, he's he's had uh he's had a pretty pretty long career. At number four, we have the high school musical soundtrack. Ooh, dope. High school musical missed me by like a hair. Like I was yeah. too old for it when it came out, and I wasn't into musicals yet when it came out. So like it's right in that yeah. weird middle ground. Wasn't that Zach Zach Efron? Zach Efron, yeah. The only thing I ever liked him in was that uh, Baywatch. No, Barnum and what was that? Bad Grandpa? Uh, greatest Showman. I knew what you were talking about. I just wanted to keep throwing other words with bees. Yeah, I just had to get it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did like The Greatest Showman. I have no problem yeah. with that guy from though. I, I, I don't think I ever paid attention to him too much before that because okay. I know he was very uh, popular with the teenage girls at the time. So I stayed away oh, from yeah. that. Oh, yes. and And now he's popular with those same girls, but they are women and he's still very popular. <laughs> right. 
Number three was King by T.I. Yeah, fantastic record. Number two, it seems around this time, these are always on the charts. Now That's What I Call Music, volume 21. Oh, man, I can't stand those things. Uh, and then number one was Me and My Gang by Rascal Flatts. No. Wow, I am no. not on this popular list at all. Well, I'll just run down four here that you may have listened to. I, you probably listened to at least two of them. At number 12 was Educated Horses by Rob Zombie. I never listened to it. I'm nope. wild. It's wild it made it to 12. I'm not a Rob Zombie guy. Uh, number 23, Fish Scale by Ghostface. So Ghostface oh, yeah. in 06 was still top 25. In okay, yeah. Billboard 200, good for him. Yeah. 46, Death Grip on Yesterday by Atreyu. Oh, yes. Yep. I was into that one for sure. I love that album a lot. Yeah, I it's really, super good. I really like that album. And then at number 78, See You on the Other Side by Korn. Yep. Okay. It was not a Korn record I got super into. Twisted Transistor was the lead single off of it, and I was not uh, into that one at all. 2005 Korn is not where I was at. Give me a death grip on yesterday. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Last Chance to Make Amends was 10 tracks, 30 minutes and 56 seconds. Although it was re-released in December... And it had two hidden tracks after Family Unties, which oh. made the total runtime 3847. Huh. It was produced, engineered, and mixed by Rick Mosher. So we can talk that dude's name down while we're talking about this record. <laughs> um, I, it wasn't that bad. I, I definitely thought it was earlier than 2006, but. Yeah, but let's dive into it then. That's all sure. I got for notes. So I'm ready for ready for your breakdown here. Great. And our story begins, which is the first track. It's not you doing a fun segue. (laughs) No, it's the first track. This is already not what I had thought it would be. I like the overlap and chaos of all the news reports leading into a big crescendo at the end. What I thought was going to be something that it wasn't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, It definitely sounded like the next track last words should come in with a big like snare snare and cymbal hit a big uh guitar chord you know just something huge and it just came in with a a pretty little intro to the next track that didn't quite fit last words was the first track i've heard by them that is what oh like instilled that is what instilled in me that i wanted to get into these guys sure that was that was the first track on their pure volume page gotcha okay so the first song on this record, real song on this record, was the first song you ever heard of theirs. Correct. That's awesome. The The beginning was not what I expected coming out of the intro for sure. But this song, right from the get-go, gave me super heavy Taking Back Sunday vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, the lyrical subject wasn't what I usually like to dwell on too much. But it's, it, it feels real. I've had way too many of the same personal times and feelings uh that this storyline of this song was but like it it was it was good i like the track this is something that i was not into at all at the time like i think around this time is when i was just kind of leaning into that emo stuff and this was this is a heavily emo track like i mean yeah oh yeah 
I mean, the where they kind of have, and I'm going to use breakdown, not in a metal term here, but like the breakdown for this emo song is like, save your breath because you'll need it when you hang from the rope. Cause of death, obvious from your suicide note. Yeah. Like it, it's it for some reason, maybe it was a little darker than a lot of emo. And that's what talked to me. And it was also the harsh vocals with this, with the clean vocals that was like, I think I can get into this. So you mentioned the Taking Back Sunday record that came out basically at the same time this one. This mm-hmm. album brings me back to the early Taking Back Sunday stuff that I liked. So if I had heard this coming out when it did, alongside the new Taking Back Sunday record that came out, I would You'd have preferred one. this one instead of... I mean, I, I still don't really like Louder Now, but I definitely would have gravitated more towards Last Chance to Make Amends than that record at all next up chapter two chapter two uh love the intro of the song the piano and the faraway sounding drums are very early 2000s specific sound to me yeah they are yeah i love the lyrical interplay between the lines on this uh where you start off or you end one line with basically the same word that your next line starts with i love that kind of pen game like it's lyrical genius to me. I I love that people can do that, uh, and I super appreciate every time I hear hear something like that. It's it's a short track, but I I really liked it. And if it means anything for you, for like potentially listening to some of their other stuff, Spencer Spencer Charnas was the like the key he wrote everything basically and he's still in the band writing everything so. right i did go on to listen to like the first two songs of the next record the the ep or the album no the next album uh they got significantly heavier i didn't listen to the whole thing just in case you wanted to bring it to me at some point not gonna happen <laughs> not okay gonna happen. gotcha uh then i might go on and keep listening because uh this one definitely piqued my interest uh, into them as a band at least like I can off of this one, I can see why they went to a kind of horror movie themed run of records that I know that they did. Especially because I think that they were kind of diving into a genre that was kind of dying at the time. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, a, well, even present in Taking Back Sunday. If they didn't come out at the same time, they seemed heavily influenced by uh, Taking Back Sunday was changing up their style too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, I'll talk about brand new but they change after their first two records as well so definitely when you said this came out in 2006 it surprised me yeah because it doesn't sound 2006 to me like i've already said it's very 2003 Mm -hmm. 2004 feeling which isn't that big of a time difference in years but at this time in music there was a huge swing at least in scene music where things just went like two different ways And it's funny because Taking Back Sunday and Brand New both went two different ways as far as scene music goes. And Ice Nine Kills definitely were influenced by both those bands. And fun fact, I met Spencer at Warp Tour. Oh, cool. It it had to be right after. No, because I bought it had to be after their EP came out. They weren't even performing like they weren't even on it. They were just touring with it with like, yeah, with like a booth and like selling their their merch and shit. That's weird. Like you're touring with Warp Tour, but you're not playing. You're just selling your merch. Yeah. And I bought I bought a shirt of their EP, The Burning. I got them to autograph it, which was sick. 
I got. I, Did was, they happen just, to have like a lot of band members leave the band at that time, and maybe that's why they weren't playing? Uh, it's it's a definite possibility, and especially because Spencer was kind of the only one at the tent. Also, like that's what no made me band think there. that. Yeah, so I think I mean, like more more power to him, and give him all the credit in the world. I think this band is Spencer. Like I think without right, Spencer, yeah. this, this band, I think him just continuing to go, 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 go. Like I like choosing to make this band work no matter what is what kept this band going yeah that makes me think of like panic at the disco i know nothing about their history their their first two records i think were the same same guys in the band but then i think after a while they all dropped out and then the singer of the band just kept going on with new band members wasn't wait is pete wentz fallout boy yeah pete wentz is fallout boy Okay, yeah. By the way, there's never been two bands closer related in my head than Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco. I well, can't that, There's them. a good reason for that because Panic at the Disco signed to Pete Wentz's record label. Okay, that checks out then. Yeah. So next track, Build a Bridge and Jump Off It. Uh, this one sounds like it could have been a brand new song off of uh, the Your Favorite Weapon record, which was brand new's first record. Uh, the feeling of this song to me is like I'm back in college and walking from one class to the next. Everything about this track feels nostalgic to me without me ever hearing it before. I'm glad you got some nostalgia out of it because oh, yeah. as I was as I was re-listening to this album with the two different mindsets that we kind of use when listening for the show. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, the in-depth listening for things that you haven't heard before and then the listening with kind of the nostalgia that you have for it. Yeah. I, I felt like this album without the nostalgia that I have for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's good. <laughs> like, I don't, right. I don't know if I'd enjoy this at all without the, the nostalgia. I mean, individual tracks. Yes. But as a whole, and again, this is probably the production and the fact that it was self-released. It's kind of, it's, it's as an album, it's a bit weak. Like there's just, yeah, I, I can see that. There's many peaks and valleys in it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that like that lends to their transition from one song to the next, especially mm-hmm. with like the intro and then the the musical interlude later on in the album. They didn't make the most out of those transitions as they could have. Without without this album, though, I don't know if I go on to listen to like some of the bands that became like perennial favorites of mine because sure. this one put me in that you know, you, you're, you're allowed to feel. And I wish I wasn't 16 when I was told that. Yeah. But yeah, this definitely played a big role in it. And I'm, I'm, I'll never regret listening to anything, but I just, when I was re-listening for a show, I was like, oh man, like, I hope he gets something out of this because I was worried. I was really (laughs) worried. You were worried. I was, I wasn't going to get anything out of this one. Yeah. Oh man. Let me tell (laughs) you. You had nothing to be worried about. Okay, because I, I mean, I just think I've built it up so much in my head because sure. of how much it means to me. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of records on the list for you that I've gone back to and listened to before I like decided to give you something each week yeah. and have decided against some of those records because I know you would like hate them. I just have so much history with them that I'm like, oh, yeah, they're great, but I haven't listened to them in a while. And then I go back and listen to them. And I'm like, oh, are they great? 
that's 100% what happened to me with this. I did yeah. not listen to it before I gave it to you. I just gave it to you. And mm-hmm. then I listened to it. I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Because if we're being honest, this sounds way more like a demo than it does a finish. Yeah, yeah, it really does. But again, like if I had known that this came out in 2006 before you told me for this episode, I might have had different feelings about it. But thinking that it had come out earlier for me, I was just like in it. I was like, sure. You know, it's great. I'm glad. I'm glad glad I didn't tell you what year it came out, I guess. I I honestly don't think that would have mattered too much, but I would have gone into it thinking that I was getting into something different because I'd still, I'd still hear other bands in this that I've already been listening to for 20 years that like I still would have felt something you know yeah and and maybe that's what it did to me is I was just thinking of like you know how I always say why would I listen to x if I have y and z right yeah yeah and that's kind of what it was doing to me is I was listening to it and I was like well why would I listen to this if I could go listen to your favorite weapon and sure yeah by the way we're we're 100% separating the art from the artist on that one because I know that they're yeah, Jesse, I know there's been some stuff about him. Yeah, we don't uh, need to get into that, though. No. So next up, we have I Do and I Don't. Yeah, feeling heavy newfound glory influence from this track. I need to tell her that I'm ready, whether she's ready or not, is an instant like sing-along line on this track. I can just picture them playing this live and him holding out the microphone for everybody in the crowd to sing. Yeah, I've never got to see Ice Nine Kills live, and I feel like I'll, I won't get the chance now because... Even if they play these tracks, it's going to be in the middle of other tracks that it's going to make it feel different. Right. Next up, the instrumental, Tonight We Dance. Yep, a uh, sweet little short interlude. Uh, I like that if you listen close at, at nine seconds, there's a sort of chime sound that goes from the left to the right, like kind of through your head, it feels like. I wrote down that it feels like Tinkerbell just th- flew through my brain. I hated it. <laughs> you hated it. I gotcha. <laughs> I didn't want the instrumental. I felt like it broke up any momentum the album had. It just yeah. didn't, it did not work for me. It, this is where what we we just talked about their interludes and their transitions from one track to the other. Um, maybe their track list selection could have been different, and it would have been more just linear. But yeah. these breaks in the songs, yeah, they're a little off-putting. But I I attributed it to it being their first record, very much demo-sounding. Mm. But I I appreciated it. I didn't mind it at all. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad one of us did. <laughs> Next up, Murders and Acquisitions. Another dropped kind of build-up from the last track, again. Uh, with the ending of Tonight We Dance the way it was, I kind of expected something more punchy at the start of the song. More strong, taking back Sunday and brand new vibes on this one. The storytelling of the songwriter is pretty fantastic, and I totally see why they went with horror movie-themed route that they did in their career. I really like the inclusion of the record title and the lyrics at the end. I always appreciate that. It's kind of like a an Easter egg you can search for while listening to a record is the title of the album yeah the most brand new part of this when like the basically the music drops out and Mm. like there's just that spoken part kind of like uh 70 times seven yeah which was a big one i remember yep Uh, it it, this one has been stuck in my head like whenever i think of this album it's the song word i hope he leaves you stranded on the side of the road feeling used alone never knowing how much more you can take so you sleep with the first guy you meet who seems just to boost your esteem 
but the condom mm-hmm. breaks. It's in my head, and it'll never go away. It'll always be there. Next up, we have what I really learned in study hall. Said, man, this sounds almost exactly like someone I can't quite place. Like, I had a really hard time. This is the acoustic song. I got a very specific, I had a very specific person in mind, but I couldn't place who it actually was that he sounded like on this. It just said that it sounds so familiar, but I just, I don't know who it sounds like. Could it be Andrew McMahon from Something Corporate? Yo, it could be. See, I didn't go the Something Corporate route because Something Corporate is piano-based. Mm-hmm. But it very well could be. And I, by the way, that wasn't, I, I've never thought that before, but you saying it and me like running it through in my head, like that, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I'd have to go back and listen to some more Something Corporate because I don't have anything in my mind right now. But yeah, that very well could be. I still like the track. I thought it was really great. There's like this little these little mandolin parts that it sounds like in the middle of it that I really appreciated, but it was very in line with what I was listening to early 2000s, not quite 2006, but early 2000s. So this was another nostalgic feeling track for me. I'm glad that nostalgia is there because I don't, <laughs> without that nostalgia, I, I don't think you'd like it at all either. <laughs> I mean, no, not that I don't like it at all. I still, I still <laughs> like it. <laughs> For some reason, it feels like you gave me this record. I don't know why. It no, right. Like <laughs> yeah. This feels like an opposite kind of episode. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just I'm I'm so happy you found that nostalgia. And maybe that maybe it isn't. It's not just the nostalgia of Ice Nine Kills. Maybe it is the nostalgia of all of that music combined for me that makes these songs, the songs that I like still really good. Well, I mean, if this if this record brought you to appreciating a different genre of yeah. music, it yeah. it lends itself to opening the gates for the rest of those songs that you really got into. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, hear one 100%. of these and you automatically feel, you know, your appreciation for brand new or taking back Sunday or newfound yeah. glory or even something corporate. It's, it's the gateway drug for those. <laughs> I'll take that gateway drug all day, baby. It's all about gateway drugs. Call me brick. Um, <laughs> Next up, uh, <laughs> that was the greatest. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Next up is Cinder Blocks and Thank You Knots. Uh, this one sounds very census fail to me. Everything about this track is so good. I seriously feel so at home in this track. I really love the line. I swear to God, we're causing permanent damage or more. Yeah. I don't know why that one stuck out to me, but man, that when he sang that, I was like, wow, that's a really heavy line. And if nothing else, like even if, well, I mean, not even they, they didn't continue this, but they did this genre extremely well. Oh yeah. Like for being their first album, you can tell how much they probably did love those other bands to to do. Yeah. I mean, they fit right in with those, those other bands, like as contemporaries just at a different Mm -hmm. time. Like if this had come out three years earlier, man, I could see them touring with taken back Sunday or, census fail or newfound glory and brand new i like but then i feel like maybe you know maybe it would have been too much i don't know it's it's a weird a weird thing to think about like if this had come out three years earlier who knows where they would have gone with their career and then towards the end of this era of that scene music you know maybe they would have just completely fall off but now they're i think in their own respect they're huge now right like they i I've seen videos yeah. of them playing to huge crowds. 
Yeah, no, they're they're really big now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe if this would have come out with those other bands, they would have just got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, they, they could have definitely been, you know, falling between the cracks of bigger bands. You know, yeah. who knows? And then finally, we have the closer family on ties. The beginning of this track sounds so much like a Smashing Pumpkins record. It's kind of crazy. Just that little, that quiet little ding, ding, ding. Like, it, it sounds very melancholy in the Infinite Sadness era Smashing Pumpkins. I think I might have taken this song a different way than it was meant to be taken. On face value, I think the song was meant to be about, like, maybe a failing romantic relationship. But I get a whole different kind of relationship, like of of a father leaving a family feelings from this track. And and maybe that's what it was meant to. It can be played either way, I think. Like it could be, it could be taken as like a, a guy speaking to his spouse or even a child speaking about his father, I think. Uh, and that kind of versatility in songwriting is really important to me and I love it. I, th- I, th- I think that was fantastic. Fantastic writing. Uh, as a whole, you have anything to say before I ask you the question? I thought it was great. Okay. So I guess I'll just, I'll just load it in the chamber and send it your way. Scott ice nine kills last chance to make amends throne own phone or grown. If it was pressed on vinyl, I would buy it. So does that count as an own though? I feel like that still counts as an own. If it, if sure, I'll count it as an own. Uh, I won't throw it because, like we've said before, if like I could listen to Taking Back Sunday, brand new, newfound glory, yeah, census fail. Yeah. But I really like what they did here. We we talked a bit about the transitions in between songs. Sure, those could have been cleaned up, or even the interludes and intro taken away and made different. But overall, I would own this thing no problem. If they ever went back and pressed this, I'd pick it up. I'm glad you loved it, and I think maybe somehow osmosis worked, and you had so much enjoyment because it had to take some of my enjoyment away. Because I, <laughs> I actively like this album less. Oh wow! But I like the songs that I do like more. If that sure. makes sense. Well, th- I mean, there's as far as full songs on this record, it doesn't feel like there's as many as the track list tells you. So no, not at all. How many? There's 10 tracks on this thing. Yeah. Take away the first one because it's an intro. Take away the take away tonight. We dance because it's an instrumental interlude. You can even take away what I really learned in study hall because it's super short. Yeah. And then what was the other super short chapter two? Chapter two is also very short song. So you're left with only really six full length tracks. Yeah, it's an EP. Yeah, that if you cut out the the iffy parts and and. I love chapter two and I love what I really learned in study hall. I wouldn't want to take them away, but if you're trying to clean up a record and you have to leave something on the floor, those two would probably get cut. Yeah. Uh, Leaving you with six really solid, solid songs. So of the six, what's your top three? I should ask this before I ask the question, but (laughs) I have a top four family on ties at number four. Okay. Well, my least favorite actual song on the record. Is it your least favorite? Yeah, it just goes on too long and it just, I'm like done with it. I, I get know. that. I think it was the writing that really got like the lyrical content of it just making me think a different yeah. way. Uh, I think that really did it for me. Uh, number three is I Do and I Don't. Thought it was a really great track. 
Um, number two, cinder blocks and thank you nuts. Okay. And number one, build a bridge and jump off of it. Okay, build a bridge is my number two. Okay, but it's just wild that the other ones you named aren't in my top three. Like I like the exact. Oh, that's so funny. Track. Like last words is my number one. Okay, and that may be because of the nostalgia associated with it. Right. And then murders and acquisitions I had to throw on there because of the line that I'll never forget that lyric. Yeah, I no, I love that song too. Like I think out of any song on this record, that one gets stuck in my head more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I. I had to come up with a list. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we got there. I'm glad we got it. It's an own. Um, I'm stoked. I, I enjoyed this week with it, but if I ever listen to this album again, it'll just be a few tracks. It won't be yeah. a whole album. I guarantee you that. Yeah. I, I mean, after a while, I could have stopped listening to the, the intro and tonight we dance, but I, I, I let it rock. I really loved that little Tinkerbell part in Tonight We Dance. <laughs> I think we've talked about it before where I really like the transition from like in between speakers, like especially when I'm listening on headphones. Oh, yeah. And you get that like feeling like it's going through your head. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. So other than this record, Scott, what else do you listen to? What's your record of the week? I was listening to um, The Golden Life by a band called Pulley. Yeah, I've listened to them for a really long time. Uh, really love them and they just came out with this new one i want to say a week or two ago and it's great it it gives me the old pulley feelings uh i didn't know it was coming out so i didn't get to pre-order it i just saw somebody post that they had gotten their copy of it online and i was like oh man i didn't even know this was coming out so then i looked it up and it was on amazon music so listen to it and yeah i'm i'm gonna actively look for it now because yeah i love pulley Good shit. I know them from, are they Epitaph? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. I, I don't know, know if the new one is Epitaph. Um, I, but... I just mean, I haven't listened to Pulley since they were on those compilation records. That's the only yeah. reason I know Pulley, because they were on the punk Aramas. Probably Working Class Whore is the name of the song that was on them. I don't know. Super uh, good. My record of the week is, uh, probably, it's, it's a, well, here we go, another first for this. It is a <laughs> record that we kind of did already. Oh, really? And when I say kind of, you'll understand why. My record of the week is Emery's I'm Only a Man Studio Redo. Ah, there we go. Uh, I threw it. it, It's actually, and I don't do this often. I don't reveal what's in my rotation. I threw it in my rotation for this month. And having not not A being them, like not listening to them, and then having it been a while since I've listened to the original. Yeah. It definitely does flow more as a record. I will I will finally agree with you on that because I fought uh, you on that yeah, for a while. Yeah, you did. But the songs, the meat of the songs are still so good. Like, yeah. I love that record so yeah. much. Y- yes, there's not as much, you know, electronic sounds in it that I might want, but that's not really <laughs> right. the band they are. So, right. yeah, I, I, I love it, though. And it's still it's still it, it, it'll be played this whole month. I will be listening to that's it awesome. this whole month along with other things that I'm not revealing till the end of the month. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's but a good yeah. one. Yeah, I like that. When I thought of what I was going to add, I knew I needed to add something like that. And I was like, sure. I was like, I, I'll just throw the studio update in there. Like, I'll throw the studio update. And yeah. and when it when it plays, it's 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 great. Like, the songs just sound smoother. And it sounds more like Emery. Let's put it that way. It sounds yeah. more like Emery. Yeah. All that's left is for you to tell me what we're listening to next week. Yeah. Uh, so we talked earlier about how this one didn't really hit like you remember it hitting. Mm-hmm. 
and you being worried about giving it to me. Well, last week off air, I gave you a warning <laughs> yeah. about what I was giving you this week. Yeah, you did. I'm not doing that. I okay. went I went back and listened to it uh, with Emily on the car ride to my friend's birthday party. And I know there is so much on there that you would just hate. So we're not <laughs> so doing so that. So we're going to wait until you give me something that I love so that you can back it up with something that I hate. Possibly. I don't even know that I'm going to give it to you, honestly. that's it, okay. it was that rough. Like, I love it. But listening to it. And taking your thoughts into consideration, that's going to be a rough, that's a rough ask. <laughs> Would there be another possibly shorter Smashing Pumpkins album that we I could get behind? I have to go and listen to them. There's, I definitely have one in mind, but I, I want to go back and listen to it and see if it's all just nostalgia or if it's actually good music. Because I've always been interested, I, like Smashing Pumpkins have always kind of existed. I know the hits, but I, I've always been interested. I've just never done it, and I don't think I ever will. Unless you give one to me. Okay. Uh, I'll definitely definitely bring you one. I just need to address it a bit more. Okay. So this week, I'm picking something off the top of of my head, just looking at the list real quick. It's kind of, it's more pop punky. I'm going to give you the Wonder Years. uh, The Greatest Generation is the name of the record. Okay. And they're like a more recent pop punk band, right? Like they're like third wave. Like yeah. Not like- but uh, musically after this point in their career, they go a different way that I really, really enjoy. Okay. But this record was one that I really latched onto. And I know it's pressed on vinyl because I own it. Listen to that record for next week or don't. And at this point, these are all kind of like standalone episodes. So it feels weird talking to like a consistent person that listens, but I know some do. So like it, it's a weird toss up. Listen to the record or come back and just listen to us talk about the record. Yeah. Do you (laughs) whatever Um, you feel like doing? Yes. Don't don't, you know, just always do what's best for you and those you love. What the fuck just happened? It's just turned into a therapy episode. (laughs) It's Um, all right. As long as you're not hurting anybody else, you be happy. Correct. Correct. Follow us on Twitter at AYL pod. Follow the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Send us an email at are you listening dot pod at gmail.com. I know Scott checks it. Yep. Every day. (laughs) Uh, If you have any ideas for episodes, if you have any recommendations, maybe we'll get to them at some point. Send them in. You know, we'll at least throw them on the list, if nothing else. Or maybe it'll be something that we both completely forgot about that we both love that we can turn into an episode because there is something of there's something coming as a minisode that I, I would like to explore more of the type that we're doing but you'll understand that when that comes out i agree uh, i agree you with for that listening. thank yes. you for listening go tell a librarian about us you got to find a library first go i actually know two librarians awesome they are good ever... good friends of mine so shout out to laura and rachel do either of them listen yeah awesome well, go go tell other librarians because <laughs> if there's ever a demo that I want, it's librarians. <laughs> there we go, Scott. Thank you for the episode. Thank yeah, thank you, you brother. This the... this record was really good. I mean, I know you have mixed feelings about it now, but I really really liked it. Yeah, weird dynamic we had on this episode, but yeah, I'm 
I'm happy with it. It's not just the same old, same old, I guess. It's not, right. just, it's not one of us trying to gush about it and the other saying, well. <laughs> right. Uh, but yes, thank you for the friendship and listeners. Thank yeah. you for listening. Are you listening? Are you listening? I need to change my name legally to Brick. I'm good with weather phenomena songs. Hey, you, Miss Snoop Mood, get it together and bring it back to me. <laughs>